Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, and the backlash is officially here. Didn't take long. Florida and Texas are now saying they're going to keep Joe Biden off the ballot because of insurrection. Oh, baby, we'll get to it. The GOP threatens to remove Biden from red states as California moves to disqualify Trump. Congressman Tim Burchett joins the program to talk about his path forward on getting Epstein's call logs. Oh, this is a battle. He says that the CIA is influencing members of Congress, and we are going to ask about it. We do not fear questions like that on this program. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Now, if you did have information on Jeffrey Epstein, or if you were a uh, an associate of his, you probably are totally compromised. I don't want you, though, because if you're watching this program, of course you're not a scumbag Jeffrey Epstein client. I don't want you to be compromised. You should use Silent. Silent is the Faraday bag that keeps my phone protected every single night, keeps me protected from the people who may want to access my phone's wireless device activity. This bag or the silent backpack, which is sitting right next to my desk right now, uh, keeps my data secure. I travel with it all the time and it keeps all the Wi-Fi signals from going in there while I'm sleeping. So I use silent. You should to reclaim your privacy with slnt.com slash Benny. Save 15% on shipping of qualified orders. I protect my privacy with silent. Go to slnt.com to save 15% slnt.com slash Benny. Okay, baby, here we go. The backlash is officially here, and we are not being silent about it at all. In fact, I wanted to start the show with something, a terrifying headline that I read here. Don't be dumb. We said yesterday that all this is a psyop, and that any person that is asking for you to do something violent or to do something stupid as, as it pertains to the ruling of uh, the Supreme Court, Colorado Supreme Court, which is such unbelievable hot garbage, such insane uh, toilet paper legal theory, that they are fed, 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 fed. And I saw a headline like this and I was like, fed, that's fed, the wrong side of the screen. Fed, fed, fed. Don't do dumb things, please. They did this in order, this is a desperation move. They're trying to trick you. It's all a psyop. It's not even real. The order isn't even real. We read it to you yesterday. It says in the order that as soon as Trump appeals, the order goes away and Donald Trump goes back on the ballot. This is all meant to fundraise for the left, this is meant to throw uh, red meat, or they don't eat meat, so red soy, red sloppy soy guts to the mongrels, the orcs, and the goblins of the left <laughs> so they can eat it all up. Okay? It's all fake. Inside of the order itself, it's like, as soon as Donald Trump appeals, it all goes away. And Donald Trump appealed a second later. So it all goes away, right? The Supreme Court's going to see it, and uh, Clarence Thomas is going to have his way with it. Out back, old yellow style. And so please don't do dumb things like this. Uh, death threats and stuff to the Colorado Supreme Court. This is what they want. So we are a movement of peace. We are a movement of joy. We are a movement of happiness. And we're also a movement of people who, um, well, want to extract the same pain on the left that they have been extracting on us for the last few years. And this is why they're so terrified. They're very terrified that Donald Trump is the kind of man who is not going to zip up the leather gimp suit, get on all fours, put a dog collar around his neck, put a ball gag in his mouth, and walk around for the globalists. Walk around for Nancy Pelosi. Get dog walked for Chuck Schumer. They're scared that this Donald Trump and this new administration are going to be the people that use the same tactics on them. They're going to criminally investigate 
actual crimes. They're going to go after the Clintons. They're going to go after the Epstein. They're going to go after the people on Epstein's list. They're going to start prosecuting people who are predators. They're going to start prosecuting people who committed the largest act of human smuggling and child, child sex trafficking in human history, which is happening right now, ongoing at our border. That's the real insurrection. And they also know that Donald Trump supporters ain't going to stop. Okay. We're not going to be like dismayed because they ran a sobby headline uh, on MSNBC. We're not going to be dismayed. It's going to make us like him more. And every single time they try to put Donald Trump in jail, what happens to his poll numbers? Whoop, 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 whoop. Every single time. So why they kill, why they, why they still keep doing it? Well, I mean, I just like a, it's their rabid dog. It doesn't matter that the, 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 the brain synapses don't connect. They're rabid dogs. Speaking of somebody who called this from the grave, a man who was suffering through an enormous amount of cancer, actually, and pain when he took the microphone days after they removed Donald Trump from office. Days after, Rush Limbaugh sat in front of a microphone and predicted exactly what was going to happen. Like Nostradamus, he would pass on and pass away. He would pass away a few months later from cancer, and he was suffering horribly from a cancer during this moment. He was in severe physical pain, and he took to the microphone to say this to all of the rest of us. And I wanted to start the show off with this to give you the right framing for what's going on right now. Rush, take it away. I know they desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas they can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again, which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They believe that they can, they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. What a profound and beautiful message. They're going to try and eliminate him from being able to run on the ballot. They're going to try and make sure that you can't vote for him again. Rush Limbaugh said that three years ago, nigh on three years ago, called it suffering and biting his tongue and his cheek through cancer and horrible chemotherapy. You can see how much weight he had lost there. And he took to his microphone to tell you the truth. Rush Limbaugh knew it. Rush Limbaugh knew the power that Donald Trump had 80 million votes, legal votes, and that he wasn't going away. And because the principles the movement is based on aren't the principles of corporate tax cuts or forever war in Iraq, because the principles of Donald Trump aren't let's enrich China, let's enrich Iran, let's enrich every country in the world, and then rob from Americans, steal from Americans, decay America, split America asunder, because the principles of Donald Trump were let's unite America and make America great again, 
that those were going, those pre-existed Trump and Trump was a vessel for them. Moving forward, there's this chilling ad and I just want to punctuate this because I wanted to start the show off right and show you like what terrifies them so much that they would actually take these actions. A reminder, these aren't the actions of confident people. These are not the actions of people who are winning. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I know like Hail Mary, okay? Hail Mary in football is used when you're down and you're losing and you have nothing left but to just send everyone down the field and throw the ball up as high and as hard as you can. It's a desperation play. It works less than 1% of the time. And that's what the Democrats are doing right now. You You don't do that play at the start of the game. You do that when you're down. You do that when you've lost. You do that when you're so desperate that you have nothing left. And this is the equivalent, the legal equivalent of a Hail Mary to get a bunch of psychotic judges to try and put Trump off the ballot. Try and say, uh, to save democracy, you can't vote. (laughs) We're saving democracy. Uh, It's going to have the exact opposite effect. It already is. We're going to get in just a moment to how, um, well, this can be used against Joe Biden. Why not take Joe Biden off of the ballots in the states of Florida and Texas? Try winning the popular vote without Texas and Florida. By the way, what happened to all of our cities? Where's all of our Democrat voters? They all moved to Texas and Florida, dumb jackasses. Try it. Red Kingdom. Try it. Ladies and gentlemen, the ideas of Donald Trump, Rush Limbaugh said, pre-existed Trump. Trump was the vessel for them and finally gave you and I, the forgotten American, not the Ukrainian, okay, not the IDF, Hamas, whatever, Russia, China, every other little vestige of people, because these people are typically childless and godless, they view themselves as like lords of the earth, and so they care far more about Ukrainian, Ukrainians are their children, right? Not us, not their fellow citizens, the Ukrainians are their children. Donald Trump said, no, you're my children. You're my neighbor. You're my fellow citizen. I care more about you than I do about Ukraine. And that simple statement was enough to enrage both sides of the political aisle. Perfectly distilled in this very short ad that was produced, I don't think officially by Donald Trump, but it should be, narrated by Tucker Carlson, the personification of Rush Limbaugh moving forward now that God's taken Rush home. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what they're the most scared of. Millions of Americans sincerely love Donald Trump. They love him in spite of everything they've heard. They love him often in spite of himself. They love Donald Trump because no one else loves them. The country they built, the country their ancestors fought for over hundreds of years, has left them to die in their unfashionable little towns mocked and despised by the sneering halfwits with finance degrees, but no actual skills who seem to run everything all of a sudden. Whatever Donald Trump's faults, he is better than the rest of the people in charge. At least he doesn't hate them for their weakness. Donald Trump, in other words, is and has always been a living indictment of the people who run this country. That was true four years ago when Trump came out of nowhere to win the presidency. And it's every bit as true right now. Trump rose because they failed. It's as simple as that. If the people in charge had done a halfway decent job with the country they inherited, 
if they cared about anything other than themselves, even for just a moment, Donald Trump would still be hosting Celebrity Apprentice. But they didn't. Instead, they were incompetent and narcissistic and cruel and relentlessly dishonest. They wrecked what they didn't build. They lied about it. They hurt anyone who told the truth about what they were doing. That's true. We watched. America is still a great country, the best in the world. But our ruling class is disgusting. A vote for Trump is a vote against them. That's what's going on in this country. Man, I get I get chills when I see something like that. That's what terrifies them the most is that they failed. And now we know we know what they think of us, what they think of our nation. This is still a great country, Tucker says, but our ruling class is despicable. They are despicable. They're frauds. They're liars. They're cheats. And they will do anything for power. I can prove it to you, by the way, because we at this uh, show, we don't particularly fancy ourselves high IQ. We don't particularly fancy our, I don't have any degrees from Harvard. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any degrees from Harvard. That's why I'm not doing the show with a Hamas scarf on my head. But uh, we do notice on this program, we are noticers. If we do have one superpower, it says we, we are the noticers. And we noticed Joe Biden say something about two years ago when asked about Donald Trump running. This is before Donald Trump decided to run again. And Joe Biden was asked, what about Trump running? And Joe Biden's answer was just mm, bone chilling. It showed you the exact plan that they had, that they are implementing right now. They knew that they couldn't legitimately beat Trump. And so Joe Biden, through all the dimension, the brain fog, was able to tell you exactly what they had planned. And I suppose if there's one compliment to Joe Biden is that he has he has no more lying really left in him. Right. It's too exhausting. He just straight up vomits out the truth uh, through his dentures every single time he's asked um, to his great detriment. So here's Joe Biden straight up telling you what they're going to do to Trump two years ago. G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah. again take power in the United <laughs> States. Well, um, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution does not become the next president again. Um, we have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Who's we exactly? What do you mean we have to demonstrate? Was, he's certainly not talking on behalf of the American people or the hundred million Trump supporters out there. What does he mean we need to demonstrate that Trump will not take power? Well, what he means by we is, of course, the institutional oligarchy, the kleptocracy that runs the country. That is, that sees Trump as an existential threat and rightly so, to their failures and their power waning, crippling, decaying. Why do you think your rights have been carved up as of late? Why do you think you were lectured so much about losing your job if you didn't take a therapeutic or an injection? Why do you think they are eliminating so many voices from social media? Why do you think Elon Musk is such a threat to them? When you are losing 
you begin to act desperately. You lash out as a wounded animal. They're lashing out now. Here's So that's a clip of Joe Biden saying, we're going to demonstrate that he won't take power. Ultimately, what they're doing is they're showing the entire rest of the world. They're trying to show the entire rest of the world that we run this place. We own America. Nobody else owns America. There's no democracy here. We just own America. We're the oligarchs. We control it. We'll control the outcome. We control the media. We'll control everything. Donald Trump proved that they weren't in control. All these people at the CIA, right? All these people with three-letter agencies on their chest. They come, they go walking into these meetings. Effectively, they get respect around the world because they're part of an American oligarchy. Nothing will ever change it. We're part of the ruling class. People call them the deep state. They are the permanent, barnacled Washington class. We get power by showing that there's no democracy here. And the people can't defy us. We choose who gets to run for president and then we choose who can win. Okay. Donald Trump proved that that system is broken. Donald Trump proved that they can't choose who runs for president because they all chose Jeb Bush to be the, sa- the, the sacrifice to Mulock Hillary Clinton. And Jeb Bush didn't work out, even though they gave him a hundred million dollars. Jeb Bush couldn't work. Only got 3% of the polls. And then Donald Trump went and beat Hillary Clinton when they told you that he wasn't going to do that. And so it made fools of them all. That can't be made to happen again. So now we're going to brand Donald Trump insurrectionist. Now that happened from day one on January 6th. I always thought that was very curious. I said, why is that exactly? Why did they brand, what, whoever said insurrect, what, where's this term even come from? I had to look it up. Nobody ever called anyone insurrectionist. I, I do this for a living. I'm a noticer. So why use that exact, that very specific language, that very legal language? Why use that, dust off that old ancient word? Well, because they had this all planned out. Joe Biden just said so. We're going to use every legal means given the Constitution to demonstrate that he will not take power. (laughs) There's so much more evil. You think you hate these people. You don't hate them nearly enough. There's so much more evil, so much more maniacal. And so much more venal than you even think. So Joe Biden told you the plan. They use the insurrectionist term in order to try and rip Trump off the ballot. There's only one real legal way to rip Trump off the ballot. And that's if they could find him guilty of insurrection. 14th Amendment, they went and they dug through and they figured that out. Now, the Second Amendment, the uh, Article 2, sorry, of the Constitution says that Donald Trump needs to be 35 years old. He needs to be a national born American citizen. Yes, yes. And he needs to have lived in America for 14 years. All yes. And then he can run for president. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all the founders thought should be the lead up to becoming a president of the United States. Even if you're, even if you're a criminal, right? Half the, all the founding fathers were listed as criminals, right? They're, they all have charges against them. That didn't take you off the ballot for being president. 14th amendment is written post-Civil War to say that somebody who engaged in armed insurrection against the government, that those people can't run for ballot because you don't want a bunch of generals who killed Union soldiers going into the Capitol building, right? And that's why they say officers in that. Read the 14th Amendment. It says officers. Anyway, don't want to jump too far into this, but that's the point. The reason they kept calling Donald Trump an insurrectionist without being able to prove it in court of law, without ever even charging him with that, nobody in January 6th was ever charged with insurrection, because they all left the Capitol peacefully. And oh, by the way, how did Donald Trump insurrect against himself? He was president. 
Insurrection by, defined is an overthrow of the government. But Donald Trump was the government on January 6th. Donald Trump was the president. So he's insurrecting against himself. Somebody explain to me how that works. He wanted to put 20,000 National Guard troops at the Capitol building. How is that an insurrection? That's the opposite of insurrection. If there's an insurrectionist, it's Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. We'll get there in just a second. So this is why you see Joe Biden being trotted out, stating that old, tired line all over again yesterday. Now, Joe Biden never takes questions ahead of time, like without having them all pre-screened, right? So yesterday, some little, you know, mousy little apparatchik, little shivery, mousy little apparatchik in the press corps comes out and is like, uh, asks the question that was handed to her to ask by Jen Psaki or Corinne Jean-Pierre. And it went like this. Watch. Well, I think it's certainly self-evident. You saw it all. Now, whether the 14th Amendment applies, I'll let the court make that decision. But he certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. And uh, he seems to be doubling down on about everything. Anyway, I've got to go do this. Hey, what is, are we expecting a hostage deal anytime soon? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Well, well, where? Oh, oh no, I was, I was talking about we're pushing it. We, I, I don't. There's no expectation at this point, but we are pushing. Can you address the prisoner exchange with Venezuela, sir? Yeah, I, can I do that after this event? Okay. Yeah. All right. But it lo- looks good. So Donald Trump's an insurrectionist. There's no question that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. They deleted Donald Trump's Twitter account as soon as he released this video. We dug it up from the ashes. Luckily, we were able to clip it from an old archive. This is the video that Twitter 1.0 didn't want you to see. I can prove to you that everything that that Joe Biden just said there about Donald Trump is wrong. And how can I do it? Through Donald Trump's olden words. Watch the video that they never wanted you to see filmed at the White House by Donald Trump on January 6th. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. So they never wanted you to see that. Donald Trump's Twitter account was taken down seconds after he posted that video. Why? Well, because it is impossible to call Donald Trump an insurrectionist if Donald Trump is saying everyone go home in peace. And by them, I mean the peaceful protesters who were escorted into the Capitol by law enforcement, armed law enforcement. The protesters who walked in peacefully and then walked out peacefully. That's not what an insurrection is. An insurrection definitionally is, of course, an armed takeover and overthrow of the federal government. By the way, if you were going to insurrect against the head of the government, you would insurrect against Donald Trump. 
And there's only one group of people that went and fought Donald Trump and tried to attack Donald Trump, and those were leftists on May the 20th of 2020. I was physically there. I watched them storm the gates of the White House, injure hundreds of Secret Service agents, and burn down White House buildings while torching a church. Then they occupied the White House. Donald Trump had to be taken down to a, a, to a bunker. The only person who was uh, injured on January 6th or uh, harmed on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who, of course, lost her life without warning, killed in cold blood as she was unarmed in the halls of Congress. So if there was an insurrection against anyone, it was an insurrection against Ashley Babbitt. It was an insurrection against J6ers. There's ever an insurrection. It was an insurrection that was at the White House going directly at the head of our government, Donald Trump. He was the one who was insurrected against Donald Trump. What you're seeing on the screen is not insurrection. People peacefully leaving and thanking police officers and praying for police officers from the government building that they had stormed uh, is not an insurrection. It is a lie. In fact, it is a lie from the people who did insurrect in our country. And those people lie to this very day. Luckily for us, just like with Joe Biden, there are these moments of extreme senility when they just blabber out of their mouths what they're doing. The, the, the nature of evil and the nature of sin is that it can't be hidden. It has to scream itself out. We're going to get to the Epstein stories here in just a second, but view it through that lens. The Epstein story is, is a story of people being so evil, so depraved, so blackened in their hearts that they have to like scream and flaunt their dege degeneracy, their predator natures. Why do you think there's an oil painting of Bill Clinton in Jeffrey Epstein's house going like this in a blue dress? They have to scream it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Nancy Pelosi screamed what she was going to do to Donald Trump uh, years before Donald Trump was even in office, I think. I don't know what the date of this exact clip is. Maybe we can go find it. But Nancy Pelosi explained the wrap-up smear and explained the tactic of the Democrat Party to label somebody as a person who's committing the crimes that you yourself are actually committing. But because Democrats own the press, they can label people insurrectionist, then they can manufacture and wash that through the press, and then they can point to Donald Trump and say, because the media reported it, Donald Trump's an insurrectionist. Then they can charge him with insurrection and get him off the ballot. That's all they're doing right now. It's a smokescreen. It's a psyop. It's a wrap-up smear. Watch down hospitals and the rest of it. So they don't want them to see that contrast, so they focus on something else. And it's a diversionary tactic. It's a self-fulfilling problem. You demonize, and then you—we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this— so they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. But I think I'm worth the trouble. This is the first few months of Donald Trump's administration. The first couple months of Trump's administration, the first four months of uh, – this is month four of Donald Trump's first term. Nancy Pelosi explaining what they were going to do to Donald Trump. The wrap-up smear. We're going we're gonna to smear him. We're going to merchandise it through the press, and then we're going to rip him off the ballot. <laughs> if you're a noticer, like we are, then you are able to sort of recall those clips and see exactly what they've done here. 
and it is evil. Tucker Carlson released a short I've been I was waiting for Tucker Carlson to weigh in on this. He released a short uh, clip yesterday about January 6th. Tucker Carlson saying this week answered why the media was so intent on labeling January 6th an insurrection. Tucker, as ever, nailed it here, but said, they it, you almost got to respect the, the blackness of the evil in their hearts. You almost got to respect it. They plan, they're set, they're Marxists, they're central planners. They've planned this. They thought through this. The whole insurrection terminology, that that was they didn't they didn't look through a dictionary come through to come up with that word. They chose it specifically to use in the wrap-up smear against Trump in order to eventually rip him off the ballot. Man, what kind of a monster are we dealing with? Know thy enemy, Tucker Carlson. Whatever else January 6th was, and in some ways we still don't know exactly what it was, it was not a Trump-led insurrection. The crowd had no guns. They had no plan to overthrow the government. Nothing like that has ever emerged. And above all, Trump was not leading it. He was miles away at the White House at the time, where he issued a public statement calling for calm and nonviolence. So why were the people on television telling us that Trump led an insurrection? This was, of course, a lie, but it was also a very obvious lie. So clearly we were watching the rollout of a talking point, words crafted for a specific purpose. But what was the purpose? We got an answer to that question yesterday when the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that because he led an insurrection, Donald Trump's name cannot appear on the state's ballot next fall. The four liberal judges who concluded this cited as their justification Article 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was written in 1868 to keep former Confederate officials from holding office. That was the sum total of their reasoning. Despite the fact Donald Trump has never been convicted by any court of insurrection, and although the 14th Amendment specifically does not apply to the presidency, Donald Trump cannot run for president because he's an insurrectionist. So, Tucker Carlson, another noticer, lays it all out. And so what happens next? What's the next domino that goes just like pre-planned? And an important reminder, some of these, some of the, the judges and the justices, uh, the judges and justices in Colorado, every single one of them is a flaming left-wing Ivy League educated connections to Joe Biden, connections to the Democrat Party. This is all an operation. This is an op. It's a psyop. In California now, the lieutenant governor, in, in a, an absolute lunatic looking lady, like into clearly, clearly, uh, a deeply disturbed uh, woman uh, says, now we must look at every way to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. A day after Colorado Supreme Court disqualified it, President Donald Trump for appearing on the state's ballots, California Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kogalakis is asking the Golden State Secretary of State to explore every legal option to do the same. In case you're wondering if this is not centrally organized, watch. We are in uncharted territory in our country, and the decision out of Colorado um, is a very significant fact. When the Supreme Court of Colorado determines in an examination of the facts that Donald Trump is an insurrectionist and therefore is disqualified from being on the ballot, certainly here in California, we have to look at that information and make the same determination here. Look at that. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear what they said? Remember, 
Evil must rear its filthy, ugly head. It cannot stay hidden. It is the nature of evil. It is the nature of Satan from the time in the garden. Eat that apple. It can't, it must slither on its belly. It cannot leave well enough alone. Eat that apple. Did you hear what she said? That was Lieutenant Governor of California, second in line to Gavin Newsom, saying the Colorado Supreme Court found, by the way, without a trial, without Donald Trump being able to present evidence, without Donald Trump being charged with insurrection, without Donald Trump being charged in any of his cases, much less found guilty, much less uh, losing on appeal, they found he's an insurrectionist. So the wrap-up smear in place, right? So we've labeled him that. So that's what he is. And now we're going to punish him for something that we've just simply labeled him. It's Marxism, baby. It's Stalinism. We've labeled you an enemy of the state. And so now that is what you are. This is Stalinism. And now she says, we must come to that same conclusion in California. That's exact. Did you hear her? We got to come to the same conclusion. We must find that same thing to be true. Ooh, ooh. You may think that you know the depravities of these people, but you haven't seen anything yet. To really, truly understand them, you must be able to walk through the bones of 100 million slaughtered people over the last 100 years via the centralized, organized Marxist tautology, demonically instrumented into the human heart for total and complete control. And what must you have to have total control? You must be able to slaughter your enemies, destroy everything, burn it all to the ground. And doesn't that feel like kind of like what we're living through right now? That is what communism does. It's what Marxism does. Marxism is just simply a human heart condition and problem. The human soul is sunken and fallen and without a God, which is first off the prerequisite to Marxism. You must have no faith. You must have no church. First thing that Karl Marx talks about in the Communist Manifesto is got to get rid of the church. We have to get rid of our uh, governments and our church. Those are the two institutions and the family. The three things that hold up society, government, church, family, get rid of them all. Burn the church. It's exactly what they did in every Marxist revolution. These people, they're so godless. They're so evil. And people who are Democrats, like who are not necessarily inside of the vectors of power, people who are like lifelong Democrats, big time Obama donor people, they're like recoiling in horror at the manifestation of what's happening right now with this in, in America. Alan Dershowitz is not a fan of MAGA. He's not a Trump supporter. He's a big-time Obama supporter. He's a big-time Democrat and a lifelong one. And Alan Dershowitz was on TV yesterday. Um, maybe we can book him for the show tomorrow. I don't know. I, I Like, Alan Dershowitz, let's talk with him. But he was on TV yesterday, and Alan Dershowitz was like, this is the most despicable ruling and the most, uh, this is the biggest abomination of American legal theory I've ever seen in my life. Check this out. In the 60 years I've been practicing and teaching law, I've never seen a decision that is so anti-democratic and so unconstitutional. It is absurd. Uh, the idea that the 14th Amendment was supposed to substitute to the impeachment provision carefully drafted by the framers um, is wrong. 
Um, if you want to impeach a president, if you want to make him not run, be able to run in the future, there's a provision. It requires a two-thirds vote of the Senate. But the idea that the framers of the 14th Amendment intended to circumvent that carefully drawn provision and, and simply allow any state to make up uh, grounds for denying him the right to be on the ballot uh, undercuts uh, democracy. The 14th Amendment itself is very clear. It says in Section 5, the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. The Congress, that's the United States Congress. There's no provision in the 14th Amendment for any state or certainly any state court to interfere with the right to vote by its citizens. So uh, this is a terrible, terrible decision. Alan Dershowitz, lifelong Democrat, presumably a Joe Biden supporter, Barack, big time Barack Obama supporter, legal advisor saying this is an abomination. But it doesn't matter to the Marxist. The Marxist says there are no more rules, but here's the deal. There's more of us than there are of them. You want to play by those rules? Gloves off. Okay, fine. Gloves off. There is a new Republican Party that is not your grandfather's Republican Party. They're right about that. There's a new Republican Party that understands that nine for nine, tooth for tooth is good Old Testament law. And if you're going to do this to us, then you better expect it to happen to you. Now, I would argue, you say, what's the biggest mistake in Donald Trump's first term? Easy. He didn't put Hillary Clinton in jail. Oh, Benny. No, I mean it. You didn't lock up Hillary Clinton. You said you were going to lock up Hillary Clinton. We call balls and strikes on this program. I am a fan of Donald Trump. We fly on Donald Trump's plane with him to rallies and do documentaries with Trump. We're going to be doing a Trump interview soon. Cannot give you the exact date and time of that, but that's in the works, and we'll bring him live on this program. Mark my words. But I know for a fact that there were a bunch of seething snakes in his administration that said, you can't go after Hillary Clinton. Please don't appoint a special counsel to Hillary Clinton. Let it, let, let's have peace. Let's have calm. Amazing how like peace, calm, and kumbaya only happens when Democrats could be the one ones who have pain and suffer from Republicans looking into their crimes, investigating their evil. The only time in American politics where you're here for kumbaya and coming togetherness, the only time is when Republicans are in power and could uh, execute true pain and true suffering upon Democrat politicians like Hillary Clinton, who deserves it. Monster that woman. Boy, I hope in the Epstein stuff. Uh, and we, we are going to have a congressman on in just a moment that is, is awesome congressman. He's subpoenaing the Epstein flight logs from James Comer. We're going to check in on that. He says that members of Congress are being um, that being blackmailed to stop the Epstein stuff from coming out. Whew, baby, I cannot wait for that interview. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Donald Trump not putting Hillary Clinton in prison is the biggest mistake of the first term, or at least trying because at the very least, that would have shown Democrats that we are willing to fight fire with fire. Oh, really? You lost an election. Now Hillary Clinton goes to jail because she's a criminal. Same with Joe Biden. You lost. And now you're going to lose more. None of this would have happened. The Russiagate stuff, ripping Trump off the ballot, the insurrection, using their terminology. All of it would have gone away. If Republicans had just proven that we can also throw a punch and land a punch and that glass jaw would have shattered. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's a mistake that cannot be made again. Right now, 
in the state of Texas, they have some pretty good leadership. Some people very critical of the leadership of Texas. Uh, a friend of the show, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, was on television yesterday saying, hold up. Uh, if you want to talk about ripping people off the ballot, uh, we should talk about ripping Joe Biden off the ballot because Joe Biden is the actual insurrectionist. You see, there's laws in America that states that you can't allow hundreds of millions of tens of millions of illegal immigrants to flood our borders from terrorist hotbeds and enter our country. Joe Biden ratified those laws. He knows those laws. He's openly pointing a proverbial, quite physically, a gun at our heads because he's using the United States military to assist in an actual insurrection of our country. That would be allowing foreign nationals to flood our nation. And he's using armed men and women to facilitate that. He's using the military against the American people. Now that don't make no sense. In fact, that seems like the actual definition of a insurrection. Lieutenant Governor of Texas is saying, maybe it's time for Texas to strip Joe Biden from the ballot. See how they react to this. We're fed up, in fact, Seeing what happened in Colorado tonight, Laura, makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president, uh, disrupting our state far more than anything anyone else has done in recent history. Well, hot damn, that does sound like the definition of an insurrection, an armed overthrow of the people and of the government by allowing 10 million criminal migrants to enter our nation and using the military to facilitate it, putting a proverbial or literal gun to our heads to say, you must do this. That sounds a lot more like insurrection than what happened on January 6th. Donald Trump saying, go home peacefully. Everything's fine. Respect life. That's not an insurrection. They had to take down Donald Trump's Twitter account for that. Somebody who's running against Donald Trump for president is the governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis was saying, echoing this yesterday, saying, hold up, in Florida, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot. He's far more of an insurrectionist than Donald Trump ever was. Interesting comments here from Governor DeSantis. Look, on all these things, what you're seeing the left do is they will use the power of the state to advance their agenda. And you see that with the Colorado Supreme Court. I mean, look, if somebody's convicted or something of, of some of these things, there was no trial on any of this. They basically just said, what, you can't be on the ballot? I mean, how does that work? What's the limiting principle for that? Uh, why could could we just say that Biden can't be on the ballot because he let in 8 million illegals uh, into the country and violated the Constitution, which he has? Yes. Yes, you can. So do it. Let, let's go. Why are we always so behind? There's so much infrastructure that needs to be built. We need to capacity build as a party. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we are capacity building right now. These, the evil will not be allowed to exist anymore in the shadows. Again, in moments, we will be joined by a member of Congress, Tim Burchett, who is subpoenaing through his committee, the oversight committee, the Epstein flight logs, saying that there are blackmail operations against members of Congress who are protecting Jeffrey Epstein. We're going to name and shame him on the show. Oh, we can't wait for that. Ron DeSantis uh, you could do this. Let's do it. I live in Florida. Where do I donate? How do I get that before the Florida Supreme Court to say we got to keep Joe Biden's name off the ballot? Where's when? Where where do I sign? Fight fire with fire. Now Vivek was on the program yesterday. Vivek Ranswamy said he's going to take his name off the Colorado ballot because to do this would be essentially endorsing election rigging. Uh, Ron DeSantis was asked about this yesterday. Uh, saying that he won't take his name off the ballot. This is a mistake. 
every Republican should say, nope, we're just not going to run in Colorado. This is done. We're not going to be part of some Marxist effort to quite literally rob and disenfranchise millions of voters, steal from them the right to vote. We've told, we've said this on the show so many times. They don't want to prevent Donald Trump from winning. They want to prevent Donald Trump from even being an option. You shouldn't be allowed to vote for Donald Trump. That's the end goal. And boy, were we right. Ron DeSantis saying, no, he's going to stay on the ballot. Wrong move. And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. All right. Governor Ron DeSantis, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thanks. Not the right move. Not the right move. Pull the plug on Colorado. Say we won't play in these states. Like force. Meet force with force. I for an I. Tooth for a tooth. Force, ladies and gentlemen, is what's hopefully happening now to some of the, uh, well, for, forceful imprisonment is what should happen now to some of the people who were the clients of Jeffrey Epstein. We have some good news on this front. Very good news on this front. Over 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates will be named in court. Documents say that the documents will be unsealed in the first days of 2024. This is really, really important to getting to the truth. They have tried to block this for a long time. Why? Why are you defending a dead pederast? What is the purpose of defending the foremost sex trafficker in America, the side of Joe Biden? Because Joe Biden, by opening up our border, has facilitated far more human trafficking. Like, Jeffrey Epstein has a scintilla of human trafficking uh, scalps on Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the biggest human trafficker, sex trafficker uh, in the world. And that's not that's not including Hunter, who's done his fair share. So now we're going to get a little bit of the truth. We're going to peel back uh, the this blackened curtain and see how many people in our government were actually part of this predator ring. Apparently, there are going to be former presidents on this list. I wonder who they will be. Hmm. Will they rhyme with spill splinting? I don't know. Roll. Many of those names that will be released are Jeffrey Epstein's close friends, associates, and some of his victims. Now, the judge is also allowing those individuals uh, who would like to keep their names concealed or redacted uh, to file an appeal to make their case before the release of those names in less than two weeks. Now, many of those names that will come out certainly are known and notable, including uh, former presidents, but they are all part of a now-settled civil lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell brought by Virginia Dufre. Oh, wait, hold on. A former president. <laughs> Who could it be? Could it be the guy that has oil painting hung in his wall? Jeffrey Epstein's apartment had this painting in it. If you will recall, a younger viewer may uh, not know this story, but that blue dress, pretty famous in America. That blue dress was covered in Bill Clinton's DNA. I'll just allow 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 you to go back to... Um, uh, allow you to go back to sort of the uh, ba basic home resources uh, uh, classes to let you figure out how that happened. Why is Bill Clinton wearing that dress? Why is he pointing? Why does he have that look on his face? Well, because this is Jeffrey Epstein 
proving that he has Bill Clinton. He's got you. I got you. You're mine. This was an intel operation. This was an opportunity to get blackmail on all of these powerful people, whether it's the royal family or whether it's senators or whether it's former presidents. But it's not just them who are being blackmailed. According to a member of Congress, other members of Congress are being blackmailed. Tim Burchett is a member of Congress who said recently, uh, members of my committee are being blackmailed, blackmailed by federal law enforcement to not ask questions about Jeffrey Epstein. This clip had our jaw on the floor. And too many of my colleagues, I'm afraid, are compromised uh, in this area for whatever reason. Somebody just whispered in their ear, said, hey, you don't want something to come out on something else. You better keep your mouth shut on this. And that's exactly what they've done. And um, and it continues to go, whether it's the honeypot that the Russians used to use or something worse. I don't know. But but it's clearly you see that up and down the line. You see good conservatives vote for liberal policies. So wait a second. He's saying that people are being coerced. Members of Congress are being coerced. Did you hear that? To not release Epstein files? Who's doing that? Congressman Tim Burchett joins our program in just a moment. And you want to be able to hop online. Of course, when this list is released, we will go live and we will name and shame no quarter for predators or pederists. Make sure that you are connected to us and our show by using Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is the cell phone company that we use on this program to stay connected. It is very important to us. Obviously, we do a lot of traveling and we do a lot of hustling around the globe. We want to stay connected. It is our lifeblood here. Our cell phone company matters to us. This Christmas, you can get a free smartphone from Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Benny. And use the code FRIDAY76, patreonmobile.com slash Benny, code FRIDAY76 to get a free smartphone this Christmas. Make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash Benny. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the congressman who has the stones to actually ask questions that you're not allowed to ask and say that his own colleagues are compromised by federal law enforcement? Who, baby, we look forward to talking to Congressman Tim Burchett, who joins the program now. Congressman Burchett, it is an honor to have you on the program. You are a truth seeker. You are one of the bravest members of Congress asking questions that you're not allowed to ask and sending letters you're not allowed to send. Here's the letter that you just sent to James Comer demanding Epstein's flight logs be released by the FBI. Have you received a response to this letter? Well, I, I talked to Chairman Comer and he said, we're going to get on it. So I, I said, after I sent the letter or right before I did, I talked to him in the gym. He's a friend of mine. And I said, look, we got it. And he agreed with me. Let's get to the bottom of it. I was ticked off about how Durbin treated my friend, Senator Marsha Blackburn. And I thought, well, Republicans have a majority. Let's take that majority out for a walk and see what happens in the House. And- and in, in your letter, you say, why are we protecting the foremost pederast on planet Earth? He's dead and he's a pedophile. And so we shouldn't be protecting this man. Correct. Seems common sense. Yeah, you'd think that. You would think that. Except, of course, we all know the dirty truth. A lot of powerful people. And, and you know, the flight logs are one thing. But that little black book and some of those tapes are what the American public need to get a hold of. Um, I suspect most of it's been washed by now anyway, but I'd like to have a shot at it. And I think our Justice Department ought to, ought to come out, get their head out of the, out of the sand 
um, and, and it might be a family show. Um, and, and so, but I, I think we better, let, let's just do what's right for a change in Congress. Maybe get their head out of the sand uh, that exists on the beaches of Little St. James, because that seems to be where many of our government officials' heads were buried, uh, along with maybe a couple of other secrets that might be buried. There's so much footage of our own FBI and our own intelligence agencies raiding Jeffrey Epstein properties. And what happened to all of that information? Why do we have no answers? Well, I, I think I know. I think it's because some very powerful and influential people who are who are seriously compromised by those videos um, are keeping it from 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 our view. I mean, why not? You know, the lady, his female friend, whatever, Maxwell, whatever her name is, she's she's locked up. She's not saying anything, of course, because if she does, she'll end up committing suicide by shooting herself in the back of the head 12 times. And then Epstein, he's 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 burning in hell right now. So, you know, who are we protecting? What the heck is going on? What is going on? And, um, uh, you know, I, this kind of stuff just stinks to high heaven. His death, you know, he's the most uh, most viewed, most talked about prisoner in the world, basically, at that time. And then he's on suicide watch. And the way suicide watch is, if you've ever seen it, you've got a guard that literally sits outside of the jail, of the, of the thing, and in a very secure environment. And yet the two people that were supposed to be doing it Somehow they weren't there. And then somehow this camera was miraculously not working. Uh, you know, this thing's a clown show. This is like a third world country. And yet the national media just lets it go. And why do they let it go? Obviously, because the people they're figuratively and possibly literally in bed with are involved in this thing. And it stinks. And I don't care what party you're in. I don't care if you're a preacher or an atheist or a Republican or a Democrat or a mugwomp. But that gummit. The American public deserves to know the truth. Uh, Congressman, you represent the state of Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn has been completely blackballed in the Senate for asking for these flight logs to be released and for this client list to be released. It seems like now you are fighting with her uh, in the House. Why the protection mechanism? And more importantly, um, you mentioned recently in an interview that there may be some members of Congress who are personally compromised by this oh. and they don't want the truth to get out. Can you expound on that? Yeah, 100 percent. you got powerful people and they write the big checks. Well, let's be honest in powerful people in this country, they write the big checks and they, you know, they're the ones out on the tarmac when the president comes and visits and, and whichever party they're in, they always either out on the tarmac or in the private room. They're the ones that write the big checks. They don't care who's in. They hate this country. They hate what we're about, but they love their portfolios and they love their money more than they do anything else. And they protect it and they protect the people that that do that. And by doing so, you know, the old honeypot, the Russians do that. And I'm sure members of Congress have been caught up. Why in the world would would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like the, what we've been seeing out of Congress? It's that works. You're visiting, you're out of the country or out of town or you're in a motel or bar at in D.C. and some whatever you're you're into women or men or whatever comes up and they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and and they and you're buying them a drink. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked. And next thing you know, you know, you're about to make a key vote. And what happens? Some well-dressed person comes up and whispers in your ear. Hey, man, there's tapes out on you. Were you in a motel room on whatever with whoever? And then you're like, uh oh, and said, 
you really ought not be voting for this thing. I mean, you know, and what do they do? It's human nature. And, um, you know, no man or no woman actually is an island and they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you in D.C. and in most elected offices. And that's what people of power and influence do. And it's just, you know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years as county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year of Congress. But it, it's just it, it, the stakes are higher, but the, but the game is still the same. Congressman, what you've just described here is going to be shocking. I mean, I suppose people have watched Hollywood movies, right, where there's blackmail associated with it, but they've never heard from an elected representative and somebody with such a, uh, a prestigious elected history as as you have. I mean, it, it, it you've been doing this, as you just described, for three decades. Uh, describe it in such terms. Have you actually witnessed this happen, this blackmail mechanism? And who are the people doing the blackmails? Is it, is it the intelligence agencies? Or, or is it donors or special interests? I think it's all of the above. It's how, how you own somebody. And, and let me tell you the other way they do it. They say you're an influential person in leadership or whatever, and your wife happens to get a job with one of these so-called consulting firms or with a missile defense company or um, is hired by the state party in your home state. And then maybe your wife and your girlfriend have this have jobs. You know, I mean, this is and, and it's not so much now with the sex as it used to be, but then uh, they still use that. But currently the way they do it is they just own you by giving them a job and then they uh, you're, you're afraid you're going to lose your spouse and or your girlfriend's job by the way you vote. And that's the current way they own you. And it's I guess technically it's legal. It's it's unethical as hell, um, but it's but it, it, it's the way it's done. And they get their hooks into you. It's like the Chinese. They uh, they have an open policy now. Um, you're seeing this really. You saw it with Hunter Biden. I mean, they have a policy basically. I forget what they call it, but they they go towards. Uh, high-ranking people, people in the media, uh, officials, high-ranking officials, they they send their agents out or what have you to um, get involved with their, their a family member. And then they lure them into these things. And then, you know, and then eventually they just own them. And it's just, it's constant. Uh, why else, why else would, would people vote for some of the garbage that comes out of Washington on both sides of the aisle. I mean, you see good conservatives who think, you know, they're getting ready to leave office and then they vote on some crazy thing or they are uh, left. They vote for something else that obviously is diametrically opposed to what they believe in. They do it because these folks own them. And it's just a, it's a crooked, crooked game. And America needs to wake up. I mean, I guess it does. I, I believe that like patriots and Republicans aren't quite prepared to accept the depravity and the true like banal and evil, uh, the blackness with which uh, has taken over our federal government. But um, as they listen to you speak here and talk about the the blackmail that's occurring in, in Congress, it's it's not even science fiction because we saw it all happen with Eric Swalwell. You just mentioned Chinese spies sleeping with members of Congress and then placing interns in his staff. This is precisely what happened with Fang Fang. I mean, this, is a, this is a real thing that ha that happened and has been reported. Yeah, I had a former attorney general. I had breakfast with him, um, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And he told me how they 
they get down to the, you know, they start the city. They have so many out there. They get down to like the city council level and that's where they get them. And then they, you know, and they, they invest so much in some of these people and then they promote them and then they might hit a home run and get one of them in Congress or maybe one of them in the White House. I mean, it's the perfect Manchurian candidate. And, you know, it's not a conspiracy thing. These people are evil and they want to control the world. And um, and they do. I mean, they get away with murder. Um, they've gotten away with child molestation, obviously. Uh, this guy was how in the world, if you have a list of people that were his clients, how in the world are these people not been arrested or arraigned or brought in public charges? Why has this been kept quiet? And and these these poor girls that were brought into this thing, man, God bless them, you know, and they're going to be run through the ringer again. That's why a lot of them don't want their names brought up because they know they've already been whispered in their ear by some millionaire um, or wh whoever, influential person. Um, you know, and, and you're talking millions of dollars. I mean, they've made some of these guys have made millions of dollars since you and I've started talking just now. I mean, these multi-billionaires, a million dollars to them is nothing. And so, you know, they can shut somebody up or own somebody. And uh, again, you better wake up. You better start looking at financial disclosures and what stocks congressmen and senators own and it's public record and we better start catching up because I tell you, you know, in the church, we say the devil, but the uniparty runs this town, not this town, Knoxville, Tennessee, but Washington, D.C. And and it's and it's a it's a reality. There's just no other. Uh, what was that crazy TV show, that series? I think Kevin Spacey was the um, mm -hmm. House of Cards, House of Cards. You know, that ought to be a documentary uh, outside of the uh, except they passed an education bill in six weeks. That's not going to happen in Washington. That part was false. But the rest of it, I mean, it should have been on the National Geographic channel. You know, and you're talking billions and billions of dollars, not trillions of dollars in, in a lot of these spending packages. And to think that they wouldn't ruin somebody's life or try to own somebody because of that's just ridiculous. So you're saying that right now, currently ongoing in our Congress, there are members of Congress who have been compromised by either special interests or the intelligence community to not give the American public information on Jeffrey Epstein. I believe so. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I want to tell you one, one quick thing. I know this it's a little different, but I. I've been involved in the UFO UAP issue. And it's, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm not going to bring out little green men and a flying saucer, but it's about transparency. I had an amendment on the FAA reauthorization bill that said if an American pilot sees a UAP, an anomaly or something, and they make a report to the FAA, that, that report has to be, has to be made available to Congress. I was told by the whip, I said, what happened to my amendment? And he said, it was killed by the intelligence community. And I said, you mean the intelligence committee? And he said, no, the intelligence community. It was not even brought up. And these are unelected bureaucrats that have that much control. And so yeah, we got to start electing people with guts in both parties. This pandering stuff that's going on now, it's just a distraction. So many have speculated that Jeffrey Epstein was an intelligence asset himself and that yeah. this is a cleanup job on an intelligence asset and a leverage operation where Jeffrey Epstein would go get some of the most famous and powerful people in the world. We have the photos of Bill Clinton and the photos of Bill Gates we can pop up. The royal family, 
and American senators and members of Congress, he would get them in compromising positions, just as you were describing, and then you would have lever- you would you would own these people. Uh, do you agree with that assessment? Do you think that's the most likely uh, uh, understanding of who Jeffrey Epstein is and why he had so much money? Because no one's ever been able to explain that. I think it was probably a, a free agent. There's rumors that he was Mossad. I think he's a free agent in the fact that he could go to certain groups and say, hey, I've got this guy and let's what will you give me to keep him under wraps or her under wraps or whatever? I think he I, the guy had that much money. I think he's a little he was a little bigger than that than just mm-hmm. put him in, in, in the little thing of Mossad. So he was a free agent and he had compromising information on the most powerful people and families and positions on Earth. And he would then sell that leverage. Yeah, I think he probably learned his craft from Mossad, like a lot of these guys from their agency, CIA or whoever. But that's where it ends up. Yeah. Yeah. And he he capitalized on it in a big way. Uh, And then he found out in a big way and then he was killed. Was he killed because he just over leveraged? Knew too much. He wasn't useful to him behind bars. Yeah, that's right. And so I suppose if you are looking for the people with the real power in this nation, it's the people who can kill you in federal penitentiary and turn off the cameras, right? Yeah, I mean, you can kill somebody in a penitentiary for a pack of smokes or they don't allow cigarettes. Honey buns is the is what they trade currency now. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you can kill somebody. People get killed for $5 rock of crack cocaine and a quart b- bottle of beer. And, you know, life is cheap. And, but, you know, you weigh $50,000 under somebody's nose and they're gone. I'd say in one of those situations. Right. You know, a, ba- a bag of weed, you know, a $100 bag of weed turns into $1,000 inside of a penitentiary. Right. But the cameras don't get flipped off, right? Like, the, at you least know, you see the drug that? deal. How does that happen? And you're in solitary confinement, no one in or out. So how does that happen? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Herman Goering killed himself, you know, at, 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 Nurem, at, the, at the Nuremberg trials. So, you know, they're still not really sure how that went about. Hmm. And, you know, it's just nobody is, nobody is, is, uh, is able to, you know, escape, escape death. Somebody can figure it out. And if my dad used to say he's an old World War II Marine, he said if some guy's willing to lose his life to take yours, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do. So here's the former president of the United States, the man who knows a lot of secrets, as presidents tend to, uh, in the uh, capture of Jeffrey Epstein 26 times on the Lolita Express, going down to that island, no doubt, just pure probability, Jeffrey Epstein had an enormous treasure trove of information on Bill Clinton. In fact, had an oil painting of Bill Clinton in a blue dress in Monica Lewinsky's uh, DNA-soaked dress uh, sitting in his apartment. Super creepy. Uh, do you think that Jeffrey Epstein was killed because our intelligence agencies um, were upset that this all happened, were angry that Bill Cl- somebody was able to get one over on Bill Clinton – and needed revenge. I don't know if it's our intelligence agencies or not, but I, um, somebody of power, you know, it's 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 always there's always a diversion in these things. You know, you always look at A, and it's always A plus three. Somebody further down that list, and and they they would push out Clinton because Clinton's just a he's just a boob. He really is. I mean, he's a smart, likable guy with a huge head, but his wife was the was the muscle and the brains behind the operation. And um, 
And so I, I suspect that he, um, uh, I suspect he sighed a, a sigh of relief and she did too, for whatever deal they've cut with the devil. But I, I, I just suspected that it could have been a combination of a couple of those people that were involved and, and they all know they're on the list and they've all hung out together since then, a few of them. And so I suspect it was, uh, uh, planned by that, but, um, yeah, I suspect it's somebody we don't know. Honestly. You suspect this was, this was planned by the Clintons? I don't know if they planned it or not, but they're, they're not good people. They're not, they are too. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, when I first got to Congress, you'd hear people whisper things, Democrats, you know, I'm in the gym and they, yeah, there's that lovely oil painting and it was just creepy in all kinds of directions. Uh, but you would hear people whisper things about Bill and Hillary. And now they just openly talk about it. They laugh about it, about people that have met their demise that have been close to them. And then, you know, it's just a, it's just a laughed and talked about fact, but nobody's going to do anything again because the big boys protect their own and he took care of them. Wow. So they, so members of Congress who know make jokes about the Clintons disappearing people. 100% Democrats, Democrats, wow. Republicans always did, but to hear Democrats talk about it to me is kind of the gloves are off kind of thing. It is remarkable what happens when People just talk in public. This is John McCain's what John McCain, of course, runs for president a couple of times, inarguably in his lifetime, one of the most powerful Republicans, right, Republicans uh, to to serve uh, in Congress. And his wife said this about Jeffrey Epstein. I'd love to get your reaction to it. It hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing. But we had no one that was no um, uh legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him for whatever reason. They were afraid of him. So everyone knew what Epstein was doing. Is that, is that square? She's uh, the one of those powerful. She's married to one of those powerful men in politics. And she says everyone knew what Epstein was doing and nobody did anything. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't there. When, I, I didn't know anything about him until I saw it on the news. But yeah, that's it that doesn't surprise me at all. And why isn't that the leading clip when they talk about Epstein every night? Because they're protecting, they're protecting their folks, and that's exactly what they're doing. And it's it's obvious, uh, you know. And why the heck didn't they have the guts to come out? And and why didn't they publicly go to the Justice Department, write a letter to the Justice Department as I did, and put them on record? You know, you can whisper it to them, or you can kind of slide something over to them. But when you pu make a letter public like I did. That's what needs to be done because the American public needs to be talking about it and they ought to get mad and they ought to get to the polls and start flexing their muscle. So in conclusion here, I want to kind of put a pin in this. What happens when we see the actual that you said that James Comer is going to yeah. uh, follow through? Uh, yeah. Now we have a story about 170 different Jeffrey Epstein high profile associates will be named in court documents set to be unsealed in the first day of 2024. So it sounds like we will be getting names of his associates, of the people who he was trafficking to. Um, you will be getting them. What happens next? Do you refer them for criminal uh, prosecution? What, like what happens, Congressman? Well, dead men tell no tales. And I suspect that list will be called. And there'll be names left off that list. I'm not so much worried about the flight list. I want the black book that was allegedly taken, I think, out of the apartment, I think, in New York, I believe it was. That's what we need. That's what needs to be made public. And will it? I doubt it. I doubt we'll ever know. 
And it'll be just like another one of these American deals because we were asleep at the switch and decided not to go vote on election day. And we'd let the, I mean, we let the, the criminals are running the, running the jail right now. And that's who's running. That's who's running Washington. If you saw Dick Durbin in that interview where that lady was asking going down the hall, you know, and he act like he'd never heard of Epstein and just, what are you talking about? And it's just, it's just disgusting, but it's just more of the same. I think America is so, we're so uh, used to this kind of filthy behavior. It's just kind of what else kind of thing, but we need to be that bright shining city on the hill. We need to set an example for the rest of the world. We need to start prosecuting these criminals and I don't care who they are. We need to throw the book at them and we need to just literally get out of bed with these people because they are disgusting. Yeah, they are disgusting. Final clip I'll play for you here, Congressman, is this clip we can't get over. Uh, Bill Gates, who lost his marriage because of Jeffrey Epstein, his wife divorced him due to his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, if you can call it a friendship, whatever it was. Uh, Bill Gates was asked about Epstein's death, and his response is so unbelievably telling. It makes your skin crawl. I want to get your reaction to it. And, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, Is that the lesson to America's children? Well, yeah. <laughs> if you cross us, you're, you'll die. Yeah, be careful or you'll, you'll, or you'll be dead. That's the lesson. That's, look, I got, he got caught. He's not sorry. He's making excuses. He's a dirtbag. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm not a very good one, but the Bible's pretty clear about these people. You know, they might, they might, you know, they're coming after me in this next election and I know it. It's, you know, they got the dark money and they're going to run it through and they'll, they'll wash it a few times and they'll come after me. They might beat me, they might not, but eventually they're going to face their maker and that's where judgment will occur. And they can live the life here on the earth, this earth and and rape children or and and they can burn in hell for eternity for it and i hope they do that very soon yeah christ says it'd be better for you to have a big rock tied around your neck and chucked uh, in the ocean than to a hair on these kids your neck. that was exactly the verse i was thinking of yeah yeah so we'll yep. we'll 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 see what happens but um eventually their their day will come if bill gates is on that list you gonna refer him for criminal prosecution 100 percent well, Godspeed, Congressman. Thank you for your uh, brave <laughs> pursuit of truth here. Uh, I cannot. It, it does. It does boggle the mind. How? Why would we protect a dead pedophile? Yeah, I tell you who, who's brave in this world. That forty-eight star flag behind my desk. That was on my uncle's casket. He died fighting the Nazis. This is my mama, her brother. He she flew an airplane during the Second World War. I don't know if you can see that or not. But anyway, we sure can. Yeah, she flew an airplane. Wow. Yeah, she flew an airplane. My, well, my dad was all fighting the Japanese, and none of them had to go. None of them had to do any do their service, and they all did. And Daddy was on Peleliu and Okinawa, and went to China after the Second World War and fought the communists. Then he went to the University of Tennessee and fought the communists over there for forty years. So <laughs> but, they're the ones. They're the ones who built this country, and uh, these people they don't have a right to destroy it. Jeffrey no. Epstein, Bill Gates, the Clintons, they don't have a right to destroy something they didn't build. And they do not. We should they say that more not. often. Yes. Thank you, brother. And thank you for putting out the truth, man. I swear. I hope you don't. And I want everybody to know I'm not suicidal. I don't have depression. And um, 
and I wear a helmet when I ride one of my motorcycles. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I also would not shoot myself 15 times in the back of the head. Yeah. And don't come on my property without on my farm without asking unless you want to leave in a body bag. <laughs> God. God, God bless you. God bless you, Congressman. We'd have a different, we'd have a different country if there were 500 of you in office, and we thank you. Thank you. Well, we have thank a, you. Have a very politically incorrect. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas. <laughs>
for us. As the wise men looked for the north, as the wise men looked for the shining star above the Christ child, let us look, ladies and gentlemen, ourselves seek and find. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power of work within us. Uh, Royce, explain this first to me. It's talking about God. Talking about God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. He's talking about working through us. God's work through us. God's work through us. Ladies and gentlemen, we feel as though uh, this program, this year, this blessing, Rolls-Royce picks the Bible verses for us every single day. Sometimes I'm like, Rolls, Rolls-Royce, explain. I don't pretend to be a scholar, but I do know this, that there is a God's work that is happening in our movement and in our nation. And if God was done with us, you'd know it, right? If this was full Sodom and Gomorrah, you'd know it. And maybe we're on that path. I don't know. But I know that what God asked for to save Sodom and Gomorrah was for simply one good man, one good woman, one good person to stand up. Show me one, says the angel. And will you be that one good man? Will you be that one good woman? Will you join us on our program as we strive every single day to be that person, to save this land, to heal this land? We can do it through truth. We can do it through righteousness. And we can do it through God working through us, ladies and gentlemen. Stand with us, march forward, upright, be upstanding, on to victory. It's your boy, Benny. See ya.